Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're gonna be going over my top 10 must-add waiver wire pickups for week number 11 of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we get into my waiver wire pickups of the week, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you wanna follow me on Twitter or X, Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my top 10 waiver wire pickups. My must-add waiver wire pickups for week 11 of the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with my number one waiver wire ad for week number 11. Trey McBride, tight end of the Arizona Cardinals, currently owned in 50.8% of leagues on ESPN, 37.7% rostered on NFL. I know that McBride is rostered in a majority of leagues on ESPN, but there are people that play on Yahoo, CBS, the other fantasy football platforms where the ownership percentages are going to be different. And if McBride is available in your league to me, he is the premier waiver wire pickup of the week because not every team has a solid, reliable tight end. There are a lot of people that are scrounging the waiver wire every single week, just fiending for a tight end that they could start and feel confident in. And I think with Kyler Murray now back, Trey McBride is going to be incredibly reliable week in and week out. Now, Trey McBride was the tight end too last week in PPR. This is prior to Monday Night Football between the Bills and the Broncos. This video will come out before Monday Night Football, so I can't just rub the crystal ball and magically figure out how many points Kincaid has. Maybe McBride drops down to the tight end three, but even so, that is still a great performance. Week 10 versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Arizona Cardinals eat that W25-23, and somehow Arthur Smith still has a job, which makes absolutely no sense. Eight receptions on nine targets for 131 yards for Trey McBride. The week prior with Clayton Looney Tunes under center, Trey McBride shit the bed, but there was honestly nothing he could do when Clayton Toon could not get this offense to move the ball at all. Kyler Murray honestly looked like he hadn't lost a step at all. There was this play where Kyler Murray was playing fucking Tecmo Bowl out there. He ran left, he ran right, and he probably ran for 60 yards on a play to gain 20 yards. But it was awesome to see. Kyler Murray looks like the Kyler Murray we are used to, and he is not going to lay off the gas in terms of his rushing upside, which I think helps this offense a shit ton with Kyler Murray under center. I really do believe that Trey McBride will be a heavily targeted asset in this offense. I feel as though Trey McBride will end up being one of the most reliable tight ends in fantasy football every single week. And again, with there being so many bad tight ends, like you pick up K Dot and you're praying to the fantasy gods that it works out, right? There's guys like Higby, Everett, that people have to start every single week. Hunter Henry, right, that aren't able to get a solid stretch of games going where I think McBride with Kyler Murray under center will be able to do so. At number two, we have Keaton Mitchell running back of the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Cincinnati Bengals this week on Thursday Night Football. I know all the primetime games from last week in week 10 absolutely sucked donkey cock, unless maybe the Bills-Broncos game ends up being very fun. This should be a very fun Thursday Night Football game. 20.8% rostered on NFL for Mitchell and 23.3% rostered on ESPN. So Mitchell was the running back 17 last week in PPR again prior to Monday Night Football. So maybe he falls like the RB19 or something like that. Week 10 versus the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens 
Coming out the gate, coming out the jump, it looked like this was going to be a shellacking. It looked like this was going to be a stomping on the grave of the Browns. And then the Browns ultimately win Deshaun Watson in the second half. Looks like Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans compared to the first half where he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with a pass. So they lose 31-33. to Three rushes for 34 yards and a touchdown, one reception on two targets for 32 yards. Now, this is back-to-back weeks for Keaton Mitchell with a touchdown, and we all know that the Baltimore Ravens offense in the red zone is very effective at running the rock. In terms of snap counts for the running backs for the Ravens in Week 10 against the Browns, Gus Edwards had a majority of the snaps, 52%, which I think a lot of us would have expected. 11 rushes for 24 yards and a touchdown, as well as one reception for four yards. Justice Hill had the second most amount of snaps, not by a wide margin though, 26%, two rushes for seven yards. And then Keaton Mitchell had 24%, three rushes for 34 yards and a touchdown, one reception for 32 yards. Now, I personally was kind of awestruck. I was shocked when at the very beginning of the game, it was very early on when Keaton Mitchell just busted off a huge run to the end zone like he was Devin A. Chain, right? If you watch that game and you watch Keaton Mitchell run or throw on even the week prior, this guy looks like Devin A-Chain, right? So he busts off this huge run and then he's not really getting very many carries or targets or anything afterward. I love his play style. I love the burst that Keaton Mitchell possesses. But we still have to acknowledge that until he gets more touches, he can't be a reliable start. You can throw him into your lineup, right, with super high upside against the Bengals. I fully understand that. But I do not believe that I would be fully confident throwing him to my lineup, assuming that he's a lock to get 10 points. I just don't think he is. I think the only guy that is reliable in this Ravens backfield right now is Gus Bus Edwards. At number three, we got Joshua Dobbs, quarterback of the cold like Minnesota Vikings at the Denver Broncos on Sunday night football back-to-back prime time for the Broncos who doesn't love that you like that shout out Kirk Cousins 38.9% rostered on ESPN 44.4% rostered on NFL I honestly think that Joshua Dobbs has played himself into a starting role in the NFL next year I think he's going to be the starter of some team that drafts a rookie quarterback and then eventually maybe the rookie quarterback does take over because Josh Dobbs I know the luster kind of started to fall off in Arizona but he's looking real good in Minnesota. Maybe it's just the same thing that we saw in Arizona where he starts off pretty strong and then eventually he kind of tapers off. But right now, and especially against the Broncos this week, I don't expect him to take his foot off the gas. Quarterback three last week, week 10 versus the Saints, W, 27-19. This game wasn't even remotely close until Derek Carr got hurt and famous Jameis Winston kind of clawed at a comeback there. 23 completions on 34 attempts for 268 yards and a touchdown, eight rushes for 44 yards and a score as well. So two touchdowns in that game with zero interceptions. Dobb has scored a rushing touchdown in four straight games dating back to his time in Arizona and has yet to throw an interception as the starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. And he didn't throw an interception when he came in for Jaron Hall the week prior. Again, this is a wet dream matchup up against the Denver Broncos defense. Dobbs has proved to us that he's not going to make a lot of silly mistakes in the games. He's going to try to run a little bit so he has some decent rushing upside. And up against the Denver Broncos defense, I would consider Joshua Dobbs to probably be a top 12, top 10 quarterback in my rankings this week on Sunday Night Football. And again, going forward until the wheels start to fall off, 
I'm going to keep rolling out Joshua Dobbs. At number four, we got DeMario Douglas, wide receiver of the New England Patriots. Now, his team is on a bye week this week, so obviously, if you need a wide receiver or a flex option this week, then you probably shouldn't pick up Douglas, but if you need wide receiver depth, you need a solid bench piece with upside, then DeMario Douglas is perfect for you. 27.2% rostered on ESPN, 20.8% rostered on NFL. We've been talking about DeMario Douglas over the last couple of weeks, ever since Kendrick Bourne went on IR, but still his roster ship ownership percentage continues to not be very high. Wide receiver 22 last week in PPR tied with Christian Kirk. Week 10 versus the Indianapolis Colts in Germany. Guten Tag and probably the worst game you have ever set your eyes upon. If you watched that game and didn't just fall back asleep in the morning, congratulations to you. If you are someone on the West Coast, you're up at 6.30 a.m. and you made it through that game, you deserve some type of a fucking medal. The... Patriots lose 6-10, to Mac Jones gets benched, Mac Jones in the press conference after the game looked like he wanted to cry. Honestly, I hate the Patriots as a Dolphins fan, but I kind of feel slightly bad for Mac Jones because, I mean, the guy has no weapons, the offensive line isn't the best. Again, could he be playing better 100%, but just nothing is going well for him. Bill O'Brien was absolutely chewing his ass out on the sideline. As a Dolphins fan, it's awesome to see the Patriots suck, but... Some might say Mac Jones deserves better. I'm not too sure about that, but I don't think Mac Jones is as bad as he's looked this season. DeMario Douglas, six receptions on nine targets. Very nice, I like, for 84 yards. Now, I don't think the upside of Douglas is super high week in and week out. Maybe one game he could fall ass backwards into, like, wide receiver 15, but I don't think he's going to be, like, a top five receiver any week. But he is a pretty reliable kind of wrap the condom, the rubber, the Trojan over your squad, the Durex, and be like a top 32 option every single week. Again, there are just so few targets for the Patriots to throw the ball to that Douglas is kind of just elevated into a role where he's going to get six plus seven targets every single week. He's had seven or more targets in three straight games. And again, if you need someone to start this week, don't pick up Douglas. Because he's on buy. But if you could afford stashing him on your bench, I think he's a worthy add. At number five, we got Quinton Johnston, wide receiver of the LA Chargers at the Green Bay Packers. 33.2% rostered on ESPN, 33% rostered on NFL. Very interesting to see, like, when both of those websites, ESPN and NFL, the ownership percentage, roster ship percentage is basically identical. Because a lot of the time, there's like a difference in 10, sometimes even like 40 or 50 percentage points, especially with the defenses. Some defenses will be rostering like 80% of leagues on ESPN and then NFL is like 20% or 30%. It's kind of crazy. So wide receiver 25 last week in PPR tied with Trenton Irwin, the Gator man. Week 10 versus the Detroit Lions. They lose 38-41 to in a shootout. Very fun game for the eyes. Not the best defensive effort, though, from either squads. Obviously, you kind of expect more from the Lions defense compared to the Chargers defense. Four receptions on four targets for 34 yards and a touchdown. Four for four like he was at Wendy's. Now, I think that QJ will be a boom or bust wide receiver weekly. Based on what we've seen this season, most of it has been a bust, right? Busting right on your face like your name was Mia Malkova, and it was a hard pill to swallow. Recently, he started to spark up a little bit more. Shout out to Lil Wayne. So, I I just kind of think he's in a range where he should be rostered right now. 
There are so many injuries to the wide receivers for the Chargers. It's Keenan Allen. You're seeing Jalen Guyton get snaps. These guys that are like kick returners are catching the ball from Justin Herbert. So Quinton Johnson just has to have a role carved out for him in the offense. The upside alone is worthy of a pickup with how good Justin Herbert could be in any given game and with how shit the defense is. They kind of have to throw a lot. But again, obviously, he's not the safest option on earth. The waiver wire this week is not really filled with too many safe options. At number six, we got Devin Singletary running back of the Houston Texans going up against the Arizona Cardinals. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far and you are new to the channel, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. And whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. Devin Singletary, again, player number six of the waiver wire adds 50.8% rostered on ESPN, 26.7% rostered on NFL. Felly was the RB3 last week in PPR week 10 at Cincinnati a W 30 to 27 one of the better games of the week and CJ Stroud has back-to-back weeks with a game winning drive led for him and CJ Stroud he's obviously going to win rookie of the year this is a guy that should be in the conversation to potentially win MVP. Now, I'm not trying to do tricks on it. I'm not trying to give him the gawk gawk 9,000 and say he's guaranteed to win the MVP because we've seen basically 10 weeks of games aside from tonight's game, and no one to me has clearly stuck out as the clear MVP of the league. There's Hertz, there's Tua, there's a couple of other Tyreek that you can argue should win MVP. So I think this might be a race all the way till the end of the season. And maybe they're going to have to get out the cars and run like they're in Talladega Nights. Week 10 at the Cincinnati Bengals again, W30 to 27. 30 rushes for 150 yards, five yards per carry, and one touchdown for Singletary. One reception on two targets for 11 yards. Honestly, that was the best I have ever fucking seen Devin Singletary, in my opinion in my life off the top of my head very impressive but as we say on the channel all the time a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while right a bloke a, a bloken one of my in fucking england a bro a bloke a broken clock is right twice a day right so devin singletary isn't very good in my opinion now maybe he popped the cherry on his career that one huge game getting 30 rushes for 150 yards five yards per carry a touchdown maybe that has just elevated Devin Singletary into greatness maybe he needed that huge game to kind of push him forward but we saw even with the week prior not having Damian Pierce against the Buccaneers he gets 13 rushes 26 yards and two receptions for zero yards now if Pierce doesn't play again the matchup is good enough to plug him in right as a you know, deeper wide receiver too, right? Or not wide receiver too, running back too, right? A guy that you probably don't want to play, but maybe you have a couple guys on by or you're dealing with some injuries, you're kind of fucked, you have to play Devin Singletary. Again, I don't really have a lot of belief in him. He has proven throughout his career that he's not very good, but maybe I'm wrong. And maybe now Devin Singletary is the next Adrian Peterson or something. You never really know. Moving now to player number seven to pick up on the week. We got another Houston Texan, Noah Brown of the Texans. Obviously, wide receiver going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Great matchup for him, just like with Devin Singletary. 27% rostered on ESPN, 6.26% rostered on NFL. This game has all the makings of the Rock'em Sock'em Robots high-scoring affair if Kyler Murray and friends are able to catch up with 
the Texans in that game, which I think is very possible that they could keep up and make this a really fun one. Wide receiver six last week in PPR. Again, the Texans have a big win, 30-27. to In Cincinnati, Noah Brown had seven receptions on eight targets for 172 yards. Now, if... You're just looking at that game, and you know who Noah Brown is from the past. You're probably like, okay, Nick, you're going to say the same shit again, right? A broken clock is right twice a day. A blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. But Noah Brown has had back-to-back, shout-out Drake, huge games out of Noah Brown. Week 9 against the Bucks, he had six receptions for 153 yards and a touchdown. Now, do I believe that he's going to do have 100-plus yards, a touchdown, maybe six-plus receptions. No, I'm not very confident in that. But up against the Arizona Cardinals, up against one of the worst, if not the worst defense, the nut-low defense in the NFL, it is certainly possible. And if Nico Collins, Nico Cousin, let's go bowling, misses again, then Noah Brown would definitely be a guy that I would rank very highly at wide receiver. But again, I think I just have a little bit more trust in Demario Douglas and Quentin Johnston compared to Noah Brown. This might be just kind of like a two-game solid play, you know? But we talk about this a lot in the channel as well. If a player's on fire NBA Jam style, you kind of just have to play him. And Noah Brown has had two amazing games in a row, and I think he would be classified in that category at this point moving next to waiver wire ad number eight ty chandler running back of the cold like minnesota vikings at the denver broncos sunday night football 2.8 percent rostered on espn 0.2 percent rostered on nfl now madison did suffer a concussion last week up against the saints and even if he does return for his bout up against the broncos chandler's usage was still decent when madison was healthy especially in the red zone you would think hey cam makers is out for the season it's madison time hammer time and it just really wasn't they were still using chandler a decent amount running back 24 last week in ppr tied with Brees hall week 10 versus the saints w 27 to 19 15 rushes for 45 yards and a touchdown if dobbs is able to get this team into scoring opportunities then chandler is going to have the opportunity to fall ass backwards into the end zone obviously i would like chandler a whole lot more this week if i knew madison was going to miss now the concussions a couple of weeks ago, I told you, hey, he got a concussion on Sunday against the Saints. He's not playing this week on Sunday Night Football in Week 11. But we've seen some guys get concussions and play a couple days later, and some guys have been out for multiple weeks. So again, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins. So it's just something we got to continue to monitor as the week goes along. Before we move on into waiver wire pickup number 9 and 10, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL pick'em in the whole entire universe, and we're going to be talking about a great offer that Underdog Fantasy has for you guys today after we explain how the NFL pick'em works on Underdog Fantasy. So you're going to have to pick at least one player from each team we're going to be talking about tonight's game, Monday Night Football Broncos at the Buffalo Bills. So we're going to go ahead and go with Cortland Sutton higher than 46 and a half receiving yards. I think that is very plausible up against the Bills defense, knowing how banged up they are. And then we're going to go ahead and go with Dalton Kincaid higher than 52 and a half receiving yards. We've seen a whole lot of Dalton Kincaid in this Buffalo Bills offense ever since Dawson Knox was hurt. So again, these are just two plays for today's game and if you get both of these correct it will get three times you'll receive three times your entry fee if you do three picks it's six times 
four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee again assuming that they all hit now if you're new to underdog fantasy and you live in one of the states on your screen right now if you use promo code notorious you'll receive a first match deposit bonus on underdog fantasy up to a hundred dollars so you deposit 100 they'll give you an additional 100 if you do 50 it's additional 50 25 additional 25 the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is ten dollars so again you got to use promo code notorious or click on the link in the video description down below if you are a new user and if you have a gambling problem please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER Back on into things here again. Shout out Underdog Fantasy. Wave wire pickup number nine, Antonio Gibison. Running back of the commanders going up against the New York football giants at home in Washington. 43.7% rostered on ESPN, 38.2% rostered on NFL. Now, Antonio Gibson was a guy that I was relatively high on in the offseason. I was talking up Antonio Gibson, and then it really started to be Brian Robinson's season, and Antonio Gibson was fading away like a shot from Michael Jordan, and I said, hey... Not a wonderful time of day. Hey, let's uh, cut this guy or let's not play him. Recently, though, he started to spark up a little bit, play a little bit better. Back-to-back weeks with 12-plus PPR points. Seemingly more involved in the offense, like I said, as of recently. And this is a solid enough matchup against the G-Men to where he could potentially repeat it. He was the running back 14 last week in PPR. Week 10 at the Seattle Seahawks, they lose 26-29. Four rushes for 13 yards. Obviously, his bread and butter is in the receiving game. I don't think anyone entering into the season, even someone that was kind of high on Antonio Gibson like myself and then kind of caught themselves up on Brian Robinson as well. I was someone who said it's very clear Robinson's going to be getting all the the carries, but for Gibson to be successful, he doesn't need 10-plus carries a game. He needs five, six, seven targets some games, and maybe he'll be able to do something great with that. Five receptions on six targets for 42 yards last week. Again, I'm not telling you to blow half your fab on Antonio Gibson. I'm not telling you to blow your number one waiver wire ad on Antonio Gibson. If you throw $3 out there for him in fab, Three out of 100, you're probably going to get him, right? If you're down bad at running back, he's a worthy add. Again, I'm not going to give him the Gawk Gawk 9000, the meat ride special, and tell you how great Gibson is because, frankly, if you look at the season as a whole, he has been anything but great. Every single thing but great. But recently, he's kind of caught fire a little bit, like the Hunger Games book. And I think, at least this week against the Giants, like, if you're that down bad at running back or flex... There are a whole lot worse options than Antonio Gibison. Moving into the final player here, we got Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver of the Baltimore Ravens, going up against the Cincinnati Bengals at home in Baltimore on Thursday night. Football, 42.6% rostered on ESPN, 33% rostered on NFL. Now, obviously, when it comes to Odell Beckham Jr., this guy is about as safe as going in raw, going in trying to use a fucking Snickers bar wrapper as a condom. But we have seen, hey, this Ravens offense is very, very explosive. And, you know, if Odell can keep up scoring a touchdown every week, maybe we need to start considering him. Now, again, a touchdown is not a thing that comes all the time. But if we keep seeing Lamar feeding the ball, then you know what? Hey. I've got to at least give him some credit, you know? I can't just sit here and just not acknowledge the guy. Wide receiver 31 last week in PPR. Week 10 versus the Browns in a revenge game. They lose 31-33. to One reception on two targets for 40 yards and a touchdown, if you guys remember. I'm pretty sure Odell's dad made, like, a mixtape. Not, like, a real mixtape, but, like, a fucking highlight tape of all the times that 
Odell wasn't targeted when he was like wide open in Cleveland, and then he eventually got out of there and went to LA. Now, the week prior, now again in this game, he had one reception on two targets for 40 yards and a touchdown. He had a pretty sick touchdown celebration but wasn't super involved. But the week prior against the Seattle Seahawks, he had seven targets with five receptions for 56 yards and a score. Now, I think Odell is definitely risky weekly, but at this point, he feels like a speculative ad, you know, a speculative waiver wire pickup that could be very interesting later on in the season. I know we're already pretty late in the season. With how good the Ravens' offense is, I think there's a chance that Odell ends up being a, you know, maybe a late-season hammer for your fantasy football team, and that's worth a speculative ad. Again, don't blow your fucking fab wad on Odell Beckham Jr. You don't wanna, you're not picking him up with the number one waiver wire ad. You just add him. You chill him on the bench, hey. If he shits the bet against the Bengals, then it's pretty clear, hey, maybe this was just a Fugazi two-week span. If he scores a touchdown again, gets like five, six targets, that's like, okay, maybe we should start, be starting Odell going forward. And especially with Zay Flowers a little bit banged up, maybe Odell has a great Thursday night football. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you end up enjoying, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below, as well as hitting that like button, whether you are new to the channel or not. It helps me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you'd like access to my week 11 rankings, I'll be posted around Wednesday or Thursday and updated throughout the week, as well as getting a guaranteed answer to any of the questions you may have. Check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50 a month. I love you guys all so much. I hope you all have a great rest of your guys' day. And as always, good boy!